If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for this thing that we do called Spike's Car Radio. How are you guys doing? Everything, uh... Everything is fantastic here in L.A. We've opened up. The virus is gone. The body bags are empty, largely empty. It's just, it stopped, right? They, they opened up California, Zuckerman, everything, right? That must everything mean everything's fine. perfect, right? It must be perfect. Everything's so, fine. Uh, We've been declared COVID-free. <laughs> We're COVID-free. Look at that. Um, how are you guys doing? How's winter going for you? Uh, we have winter here. It, 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 we've had temperatures dipping into the mid fifties, and I'll tell you, not even my parka is keeping me warm. <laughs> Ferrison, it is so cold. It's so cold. It's so cold here. It was actually forty out my door this morning, and I felt like I could have perished. <laughs> that, that that this was a moment of exposure and a moment of yes. of life or death, near death, and you could perish you could die it's yeah. so cold out there yes. when i walk my dog in the morning you could die you know we it, it snowed in malibu over the weekend I up heard. where we drive two yeah. cars went off the road and some, One, kid, some kids were skiing did you see no yeah. it's the, but it's the second kind of it's not real snow it's like hail snow yeah. it i was up at five in the morning the first time I'm like what the hell is this it looks like someone dumped a bunch of little marbles of ice on the ground but it was exciting to see weirdness like that weather a weather. weather event. We had it's a weather not like event. like that. I don't even know what it is. I don't remember in New England if we ever had crap like that. But, uh, you know, we got snow, real man snow. But now, uh, listen to us. We're Ponzi little babies. It's 45 Ponzi. degrees and we're, we're going we're gonna to perish. How are you guys doing? I keep saying. Hey, you know, the, uh, let's talk about the car show for a second, the Malibu car show. So the, uh, the coppers have been uh, putting a pretty big presence uh, out at uh, the Malibu Kitchen Cars and Coffee, which, uh, stop asking me, it's uh, right now, they've got the lots closed to 11, so until they stop doing that, you, you can't go and get your coffee there. But I would imagine, now that the uh, state has opened up and we're COVID-free, that they're going to get tired of getting the sheriffs over there at 11 in any minute, maybe even this weekend. In fact, I'll probably go by there. It's going to be like it did in the old days where you could go to the mall parking lot and get a cup of coffee. 
and 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 then <laughs> or every, what or what is known as cars and coffee. It's really just us going to Bills and getting a cup of coffee, going to Marmalade, getting a cup of coffee, and they're trying to shut that down. And you know, you detect a little anger in my voice, Zuckerman. That's because I've been out there on these beautiful days. This is not a, a next door app thing. This no, no, is. I'll get this. to that. I'll get to that. That's beautiful. That's great. But this is. I was there the day before. So, so at 8 o'clock, they've got the entire LAPD and sheriff's department down there on a Sunday morning. Well, you're a criminal. Saturday morning. Nobody. Nobody. And guess what? The lot is filled with shitty cars that people... Um, it, it's, you hear what I'm saying? Do you, I don't understand why... They're doing this to our car community when the day before, in any sunny day, that lot is jammed and people are doing the same thing we're doing, except they're not looking at their Celicas and their minivans. Do Go you ahead, want, You want my 40,000-foot view on this? Please. The situation is so outside of anyone's control that people try to put some, some element of control on something. Yes. They, okay, so they say, oh, my God, look at all these people gathering for fun uh you, we can't have that right now because there's guys like no mass tony running around and, and other we people. saw no mass i know and i like no mass tony um <laughs> he's and, very upset about this nickname. i know and, and that's please why I, we do not call him no mass tony no Wait, he's Zuckerman been, and i are saying no i say you're, you you and i can refer to him yeah. but the listeners out there if you, you see can. him please don't call him no mass tony please don't do to that not wearing a mask and obviously the governor just you know gave him credibility the governor declared that no man's tony was right and 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 he's he's been right we've been wrong newsom and tony gavin and tony uh have been on this thing so i think that there are there's a lot of people landlords anybody's trying to get some grip when the world is completely outside i I understand why they're doing it Zuckerman. but look they can't sustain it. We're coming back there, whether you like it or not, and you know, either close your mall or don't. We're customers, and we have a right to go there. But in the meantime, Matt Farah had a nice little cars and coffee this weekend out on the west side. Did Very he want clo- you to say that? What's that? Did he want you to announce that? I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, he did. Just- he had it. It happened. I'm a writer. I'm reporting it. Okay. Why wouldn't he? I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, it was a little bit, you know, on the QT and the hush-hush. Well, it was. Now no, it's not. But it, yeah, and now it doesn't matter. It's It was at this nice little cafe, Blueies. This, uh, <laughs> yeah, Blueies, Blueies. It's almost Blueies, but it's Blueies. And where is it? I don't know. What's the name of the... The little street, Berkeley, in Santa Monica? Yeah, yeah, it's in Santa Monica. Off of Olympic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be a secret. And if it is, I don't care. I was there. We put it on social media. It doesn't matter. But it was a nice little crew. The sun was weird. <laughs> Here's what I loved about it. The place, Bluey's is a great little breakfast place. The music was great. There was a different kind of crowd there. I really liked all of it. It, it, Except the sun? There's no drive. You can't. I mean, Bill's is about the drive on PCH and the sunshine and the ocean. And you have a nice drive. You buy a cup of coffee. You have a little chat. You go home. Bluey's is perfectly fine. It's a, it's a nice little band-aid to the situation until Malibu picks up this uh, this Sunday. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Who knows? But it'll it'll happen because we all like to drive. And uh I met uh uh Ant Anstead. Do you know that guy? Ant Anstead? Ant is his name. Yeah, he's a car guy. Uh 
He's got a lot of shows on Discovery. Wasn't he going out with the girl? You, uh, he was going out with a girl, I'm sure. Uh, the other girl that's on TV yeah. that was married to the other guy, and they we did can something with him, houses. We can call him No Mask Ant, by the way, because was he, he a No Masker? Oh n- no, yeah, yeah. I don't even think he had one on him. So, but he and No Mask Tony had a very. Did you see that when face they chatted? To face, almost tet lip, a to, tet. <laughs> lip to lip, tip to tip. He's got an accent too, so he must be a British guy of some kind. But um, so he was with the blonde girl who was married to the builder guy. I don't know anything about him other than he seems like a, uh, a supercar dude. Seems like a really uh, smart, funny guy. Got a lot going on in the car world. I've invited him on the podcast so we can chat with him. Listeners always tell us to get in touch with No Mask Ant. What's Ant short for? Ant-Man? I don't know. This, these are good about, questions we'll how ask. about Anthony? Do you, come on, it's Anthony. Is it? Oh, come on, Ferriston. Okay. I threw, <laughs> I threw you a curveball. I threw you a curveball. Yes, it's short for Ant-Man. Ant-Man Anstead. Let's do an ad. If you sell stuff online, you're definitely in the right business. More people are shopping than ever. That means a lot of orders coming in, a lot of orders you'll need to ship out fast. That's why online sellers like you need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, more efficiently. Import orders for any sales channel. Ship with any carrier. Access discounted shipping rates. Automate just about any shipping task. You're going to spend a lot less time on shipping and a lot more time growing your business. ShipStation. Here's what you need to do if you're on Amazon, Etsy, or any of these places where you got to ship stuff out of your house. You need ShipStation. Uh, they've got more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. And ShipStation is going to give you a 60-day free trial. That's right. 60 days free trial. All you have to do is use Spike 911, my name, my favorite car. Go to ShipStation.com. Two free months of no-hassle, stress-free shipping at ShipStation.com. And enter offer code SPIKE911 for a free 60-day trial. That's two months. And their slogan, make ship happen. I'm, I'm oh, thinking clever. that. Yeah, that's that's pretty clever. Ship station. Um, <clears throat> Lotus. You may have noticed, and I, I'm still trying to process this one. Lotus notice? Lotus gave us the Spikes Car Radio Lotus Avora GT. The first long-term uh, loaner. For the podcast, for you Drive and me. 1,000 miles, or if First you're Matt Farah, 4,000. I'm up to 800, and I've been driving it in the rain. As you can see, it's filthy. I'm having fun with it. It's, it's got dirt and rocks and the fenders and places and air intakes I've never seen before. Is um, it waterproof? Yeah, so far. Yeah, a little leaky. <laughs> it's a little what, homemade. A little. Uh, that's to be expected. Is that the way I, you're putting it? But look, here's one of my big tests. All right, I, I took the uh, Zagato out to the Matt Farah Blowy event, where uh, you know Matt and his friends were given blowies, um, and I had to return the Zagato the other night. Took that beautiful picture down by the airport. That's on my Instagram. The perfect sunset. And when I got into the Lotus, I found that I was really happy driving away in it i i felt like i had not had the car for a couple days and i was happy to be back in it which is a good sign um then i come to learn that uh they're not going to make it anymore <laughs> this, oh it seemed to come out of nowhere came out of, it did come out of nowhere um that the evora and all current lotus cars will not be made anymore uh they have uh a hundred million pounds of investment in all new manufacturing facilities, uh, but the Evora, the Exige, and the Elise 
uh, are over after 2021. So I, I was a little confused why Leno and uh, I think Leno's Garage got one, um, Magnus Walker got one, and Hannah Elliott, and you and I have ours. I kind of didn't understand what that was. It, why are you giving us uh, your superstar Instagram uh, influencers these cars to promote if you're not going to make them anymore? I guess they have to promote the brand. I told them, uh, because of this misstep, we're keeping the cars. <laughs> and not, they said yes. They said, oh, yeah, that's a funny joke. I'm not joking. I, I'm keeping the car. If you're not making it anymore, it's ours now. So um, good luck finding it in one of her many hangers <laughs> thrown around here. I thought it was really interesting, though, that Lotus would just cancel all of their gas-powered cars. That, you know... That's the plan. Let me let me tell you some more about this, Zuckerman. It's it's kind of fascinating. Um, they are owned by Geely Automotive. You know Geely? That's an Indian thing, right? I thought so. No, Malaysian, right? Same thing, right? Don't they also own Volvo? They do. And Volvo also is going to an all-electric platform. So it makes sense. Yeah, so they're all going into that. I, I would guess that here's what they say here. Look. They have this new car coming out that they're calling the Type 131 sports car. You know, here I was. Here's what I'm a little miffed about, all right? Again, this car is as close, uh, as I said, this is the best of Aura GT I've driven, and they're getting better, but they're not quite done. They haven't finished the job. But I feel a little frustrated that at the end of this year, this is is where it ended. Do you know what I mean? It didn't. Yeah. It, they're not going to finish it. They not gonna, They were so close to making it a perfect deal, and now they walked away. They walked away when it's a B B B minus car, right? And they're super cool. They're fun. And I, if the values dive, you guys should jump into them. I would definitely get this over a, a Cayman for sure, um, because it's more exotic and more fun. Do you think they're puppy dogging you? What do you mean? Like, they gave you the puppy, take it home, and if you don't want it, you can bring it back to the pet store, and of course, you never bring it back. Is this a way to sell? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I would guess that they just wanted people to put miles on the car to break them in somehow. That oh, because also... they become much more sellable when they have 1,000 or 4,000 miles? I don't know. They're, uh, who knows? We know so many people from the company that we like. But, Does Geely uh, make those Geely suits? Yep. Yeah. Do you know what a Geely suit is? Yes. I do, because I helped make one before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about yeah, it. Yeah. What, when you're like a, in the special services, special forces. Yeah, you can have winter ghillie. You can have any sort of ghillie suit where you have the, the parts of your environment on your uh, camo, right? So you have twigs and grass and things, and you blend in. It works really well. But there's winter ghillie, too. You want right. a ghillie suit? You seem to be fascinated. I wanna, well, I just want to, because I'm thinking of the name ghillie. I want to drive, I want a ghillie car and a ghillie suit. Well, let's hope this new electric car they have is exciting. Um, and let's hope they uh, hit the ground running with something that that we love. I just thought it was weird. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Um you know, I don't. Let's not do another ad right now. You know who I talked to a minute ago? Who? This is just a quick little interview. I thought would be fun to drop in right now. Um, maybe two weeks ago, you and I were talking about that Haggerty 
color and does color affect the value of your 911 uh and the data points and you know i had uh more than a couple listeners reach out and tell me one had to educate me about what haggerty meant to the automotive community and and i shouldn't be so hard on them and i didn't think i was hard on them i was just questioning the data point yellow is the most is the most valuable color the data points and how they arrived at the data points and um Eventually, John Wiley, the writer of the article, uh, got in touch with me, and I, uh, we had a nice chat over Instagram. I said, why don't you just, can you just give me 10 minutes? He was out covering some auction uh, the last couple of days. I said, just give me 10 minutes, and let's just talk about this, because, you know, whether I'm right, you're wrong, whether, that's not really the point. The point is, we're all a bunch of uh, uh, Porsche-obsessed idiots, and this is a great conversation <laughs> and argument, and I would love to know... Uh, how you arrived at these conclusions, and then I have my own ideas about where Haggerty should go with this. And this morning, I got on with John. It was really fun. And uh, he's one of these valuation guys over there. And he, you know, essentially said, you're not... He he admitted that this, this list isn't perfect because it doesn't really take condition into the... You know, right. it's all data from, from auctions. In other words, so he's just drawing conclusions from actions. And even in the article, he says, hey, this is just for fun. You can't really draw any, you know, kind of survey conclusions from it. But we had a nice chat about color. Um, and here's that chat. John, thanks for joining us this morning. Sure, Spike. Yeah, glad to be here. Um, all right. Here are the questions, because your article is fun to talk about. The uh, listeners love talking about Porsche colors. Obviously, Zuckerman and I and, and Jerry love to rehash these insane uh, issues and, and Porsche things that nobody else cares about except for us. And I was very happy to see that you had written this. I didn't quite understand the data points and how you arrived at your conclusions. So, you know, am I, am I wrong or is this mostly, is this article mostly fun? I mean, it's, it's certainly, there's a bit of fun in it, but it's also, it's a little um, tricky to understand at like first glance. Okay. So does, well, go ahead, go ahead and explain it to us. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, it was, um, well, backing up a little bit, I guess the one reason why I did this article was that it was apparent to me that like Porsche enthusiasts are really interested in colors and the colors of the cars matter a lot to them. So it was sort of, you know, hey, I have all this data, um, you know, and some of it has the colors of the cars in it and some of it doesn't. But it'd be fascinating to me and probably some other people to find out, you know, why you know, what is, how does color affect the value and, and the popularity of the cars? Um, so it was, so there's, there's sort of a couple different pieces to it. And one is questions I tried to answer. Let me ask you a question. Can I just stop you right there? The Mm -hmm. data points, where are you getting the data from? Yeah. So that's, it's auction data. So that comes from places like live auctions like RM Sotheby's and Gooding and Meekum and Barrett-Jackson, but it also comes from online auctions. So auction companies like P-Car Market, Bring a Trailer. Um, now, not all of those auctions have a color um, and some of it, a lot of the data needed to be cleaned up. So, you know, it was what car is it? Uh, that was played a big factor in it because, it, you know, part of the analysis was trying to understand, you know, which 
what is this car? You know, what model year is it? What model? What submodel? You know, does is it a Targa? Is it a Coupe? Is it a Cabriolet? Is it a Carrera 4? Is it a Carrera 4S? So all those things went into the model, um, into the analysis. So that helped sort of understand how the color affects the value of these cars. Right. But where I here's where I get confused. Like I'm looking yeah. at your chart right now. Which which color Porsches sell for more? Yep. If if you had taken your existing graph and turned it upside down, I would have agreed with it. <laughs> sure. Right now you have yellow and red. Now orange is up there, which I you know these are just my personal feelings about color. Um, yeah. But but down below below the line, though less is blue and the beautiful greens and the blacks, which in my you know, at least in my anecdotal history of knowing these cars, those are the cars that we all chase. And oh, yeah. here's, I mean, and the big factor, of course, is con, you know, condition and and yeah. the example, the individual example, and then the color. Um, yeah. One, you know, Jerry always said to uh, me early on, he goes, "Buy the car, not the color. Never chase color." And I right. never understood that, but but I think that's the conversation we're having right now. So so yeah. how do you so how do you say how do you arrive at yellow, being the car the, the color that brings the most premiums when uh, you know I don't I don't buy those cars right unless well, they're mean, Ferraris yeah I mean I think that's the thing is it is you know this is some three thousand five hundred transactions so you know there's going to be a lot of cars in there that you wouldn't consider uh, you know it's a two thousand two Boxster um, you know. There's probably a lot of, you know, red 944s and things in the red. Um, so, and whereas, you know, with the greens, like, you know, there's no leaf green transaction in my data set. So I don't right, know, right. You know if you have a 911 that's leaf green and it's original paint, you know, that could have been worth a lot. But because I, you know, either didn't have leaf green in the data set um, or didn't have like a similar transaction of a 72911, you know, that traded uh, in, you know, a particular year, um, I can't, you know, that's not in that comparison. I see. So you're, you're crunching existing data and existing examples that may have sold, that did sell, and yeah. then arriving at conclusions that way. But, you know, as yeah. we know, auction cars aren't necessarily the, the, the best cars. Absolutely. You know, it seems like a small percentage. Of those cars, yeah, and, and, good. and well, you know, maybe yellow, and I keep getting hung up on yellow. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's that the owners of yellow cars uh, had low mileage cars because they never drove them because they didn't like them. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's entirely possible. Uh, you know, when the, I think what skewed the yellow was, you know, R.M. Sotheby's sold mm -hmm. that collection of yellow. Oh, right, right. A couple years ago, and was, was that the Zor? The, were those the Zorzi cars? I know. I don't know. I think they were from Arizona, so I don't know. You know right. I here's what I think. Here, you've you've really hit on something fun to talk about here yeah. with your research, and I think now to take it to the next level, we've got to head into some sort of and I and I know Haggerty could pull their, the, this off because they're a very big uh, company that is hooked into the automotive community all over the place. We need to to talk to the Porsche people. Uh, in more of a survey style and go, what car would you pay more for? Because that, that data point, I would love yeah. to know. I would really love to know because, you know, right now we kind of anecdotally sift through what's on Instagram and what does well. And we arrive at various conclusions. Greens, 
on Instagram, on fire. Now, whether that translates into a buy, I don't know yet. But whatever you put a green card, this Lotus Savora GT that I have does much better than any other Lotus I've ever put up there because people like greens and blues. And, you know, uh, we talk a lot on the podcast about the saturation of paint to sample cars, how it used mm. to be rare. Now there are so many. Do people care about it? The, you know, this is a really uh, fun little area of uh, conversation that you've opened up for the Porsche community. And I would love to see you now take this to another level. Yeah, what do you think about right. that? <laughs> yeah, I think like the next step um, would be, you know, coming up with, in my view, it'd be something like a calculator. So you would say, you know, I have a 1973 Porsche 911 um, and, you know, it's tangerine orange and it's a Targa and, you know, and and it's original paint and something. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you know, if you put in all those uh, features of the car, then it says, you know, your tangerine paint is worth X. Um, but if it's something else, if it's Viper green, then it's worth Y. Um, and so that to me would be, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I mean, that to me would be sort of the next evolution of it. And maybe, you know, the survey data would help in that in some way. So, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Let me just ask you a quick question about Haggerty. What's Haggerty up to? What are they doing right now? They seem uh, to be getting everything. Magnus Walker. And right. are, you, are they turning into a, a media destination or are they selling insurance? What are they up to? Uh, they were up to everything. So, uh, you know, the company's <laughs> mission is to save driving. Um, okay. So it's getting people involved, whether it's, you know, insuring their fun vehicle or if it's tuning into the YouTube channel, mm -hmm. any of those things. So there's lots of I work in the valuation team, um, which we do work on the price guide. So that helps you understand, you know, if you're looking for a particular vehicle, what's it worth? You know, what was it worth five years ago? Um, so all those questions help sort of serve. The Hagerty, the Hagerty classic right. valuation tool is amazing. I mean, that's, that's one of the first places I send people when they want to know what their car's worth before they sell it. Because yep. you have those three levels of condition, Mo you know, pretty much every car is there that I've sent there. And you yeah. really get a baseline kind of understanding of where to start uh, with what your car may be worth and where values are heading right now. It is a very, very useful tool. And if you guys who are listening don't know about it, you should definitely check it out. How is the Porsche market doing, in your opinion, right now? Where's it's the movement good. and where's the slowdown? I see, I, I think some of the more modern 911s, especially, so the 991 um, is slowing down a little bit. I see, I continue to see increasing popularity and appreciation with the 964s. Um, so that seems like that generation is still continues to increase in value. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's sort of inspired by Singer or if it's, what or just the rarity of those but i think that's a really becoming a really continues to be a really popular generation those 90s kids are grow, are yeah. about 30 now they're in their late 20s they got a little money these are the cars they saw growing up right right yeah what, so, but, what, you know, what, what's falling what's going too. what's going down 991s of course because 992s are coming out that's uh, fairly predictable but what about as far as classics is there any interesting movement there in either direction? I, no, it's not. You know, it's I think there's a little less uh, awareness and interest in cars like the 356. Um, but I think that's just sort of, you know, maybe passing. And I think people don't really have as much understanding of them or maybe they aren't as familiar with them. Um, so I think, you know, these things change. And, you know, the other going back to the color uh, article, 
and the values of those, you know, one of the charts in there is sort of a, a bunch of different years from 2013 to the 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's just there to show that, you know, the popularity of different colors changes over time. So right, right. Red is popular, <clears throat> it's not, and things like that. So. Yeah, that's the part I disagree with, <laughs> that in right. 2013, we all like yellow cars. No. I like, I will tell you, I love yellow Ferraris. I, I do love those. The 911s, there are only a couple of shades of yellow that I like. But um, again, so that's just, that's just me. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, and, this, and, and red is such an interesting color because, you know, my co-host loves red. I can't stand red, but I had a red 992 Turbo S and everybody who is 30 or younger swooned over it they love the red so it's you know it's kind of hard to get a beat on again it kind of leads to a bigger haggerty survey of what the porsche buyers would do had the, if they had the money i would love to see that i would really love to see that yeah right? no yeah that's a good idea let me and before I mean, we go let, let me before we go because i have to i have to wrap up but um what if you had to pick uh your favorite porsche colors Forget about. Uh, uh, I like I like the blues, especially the sort of the bright blue cars. Um, so I don't know, you know, uh, Mexico blue is a nice color. There's oh, also yeah. some. Uh, what is it? I once got a picture of a, a glacier white three fifty six, which was wow. sort of a neat color. Um, wow. So yeah. So there you go. Yeah. See you and I. That's I would pick Mexico blue. You see what I mean? It would be number one all years. Mexico blue. (laughs) Well, that's I mean, that fun when the survey would help with (laughs) looking at all the different colors of blues like there's, you know, a hundred of them. So, you know, some of them Copenhagen. I I find it all fascinating. The sell through rates, the, you know, conditions that it's all fun to really talk about. I just want to add this new subset of of desire of what we would all do as Porsche guys, what we consider the best colors. Yeah. Uh, to to add to it, but uh, I believe you're doing God's work, John. <laughs> I believe you've committed your life to something very, very valuable, yeah. and I and I want you to continue in doing it. And thank you uh, for coming on and explaining it to us. And uh, you know, when yeah, you, when you, yeah, next time you have some data points to share with us, let me know. I'd love to hear more about it. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So there you go, Zuckerman. That was great. <laughs> you didn't hear anything. I'll tell you a couple of things that he said. It was, here's what I recommended in that interview, and I think that he's going to do is, I think now, in addition to the data that Haggerty has and all this good, their, their valuation tool, which is, is amazing, um, they should be doing a survey. They should be talking to us, me, you, the Porsche community at large, whether you have them or don't have them, and have you go, what are your favorite colors? What would make you pay more for a car? And what colors, what would make you buy the right example in the wrong color? Sepia brown. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> you're just behind the times, Ferrison. <laughs> but your, it's, your taste hasn't evolved. But I understand but what you're is, saying. But you and I have no, noticed that color, taste do evolve, and things that were ridiculous suddenly come back into fashion the browns as you're pointing out i'm joking about your sepia brown but sepia brown used to be something get it away from me now it's desirable right. it was it, it evoked the image of the bad plaid wide lapel big tie suit early early 70s correct which we did not like which we rejected but um <clears throat> 
Yeah, I would. I, I don't know. That's the data point I want to see. That's the data point I want to see. He was also. He, he also mentioned that the '90s cars, nine six fours, were really strong, and the older cars are starting to uh, flag a little bit. But he thought they might come back. Nine six fours are strong. Nine nine threes are occupying. I think a transition point where they're going to come back again. They went down a little bit in, in, I would in agree popularity, with that. and I think they're coming back. I find that I'm desiring that right now. And, yeah. of course, 80s G-bodies are, are hot, hot, hot. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Targas, which were Targas were kind of a no-buy thing about 10 years ago. If you were a Target guy, you were kind of a peculiar guy. Right. Uh, and now <clears throat> it's, it's very mainstream. I like Target guys are peculiar guys. <laughs> <laughs> you were kind of an oddball, a loner. You know, yeah. living with your mom in the basement. You're a Targa guy. Yeah, you're, you read stereo <laughs> magazines. <laughs> no girlfriend for many, many years. Yes. Yeah, maybe you stormed the Capitol, maybe you didn't, Targa yeah, you guy. one Heineken on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I was talking to Sony Tony about tar- he, he He's still, people who have the new Targas, you know, uh, and again, this isn't a criticism, but maybe it's coming off that way. But it comes off to me like you're at the beginning of your Porsche journey. Yes. That's the that's the nicest way I can say that, right? I will admit to you, I think the new Targas are the coolest uh, exterior design cars. Yes. I think they look great. I don't disagree with that. I just think once you get in them, if you're a real driver, there are issues. There's noise sometimes. They're not as fast as you want them to be. and You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But, and, now, but and, now we're creating a stereotype about Target, guys. And by the way, my favorite car right now is the 82 Target. It's the right. greatest thing in the world. Well, what I don't, and I'll say this again, I really do think that the look of the Target is fantastic. That's I great. like the way the top works. If I want to be in an open top car, though, I want to be in a Cabriolet. Because yeah. this current Target does not really let in enough air, does it? It, it really protects you from the environment. Uh, and I don't understand. That's just my nitpick on uh, how it feels to me. But they, it, it, Porsche loves it because it's a big number, and they put all that content. Have you ever noticed? It's like always oh, a, a Targa Four GTS. They they put all of the stuff in there, and it yeah. doesn't matter <clears throat> if it's inconsistent with what the car is. Like, why would you get a GTS when it's a Targa? When it's heavy? When it's when it's not? It's not a GTS car. They should make it like an unfolding emblem that just hangs off the car like a tail with all Wouldn't the words to put on it. be great if you could switch it? Huh? You could hit a button and it could switch? Yeah. It just lays off the car. It's all the different words and the names. You want to hear a great story? I'll tell you tell this. Tell me. All right. Uh, Moise, our friend who we <laughs> used to share cars with, uh, signed up for the Porsche Drive app. Uh, got as excited about it as I was. Um, he had been in uh, a Cayenne Coupe, right? Yes. And as the year ended, they didn't have any 911s, and you and I were hogging the other one. <laughs> we wouldn't give it back. I kept it for three months, right? I was not supposed to do that, but I just said, we're going to do that. Goodbye. Um, and then in January, they got a bunch of 911s delivered. So Moise was finally, so he goes, I can finally trade and now get into an, uh, a 992, which he did uh, last week. They gave him a beautiful 992 4S cab. Um, and then a week later, he got a bill in the mail for the, the Cayenne Coupe because uh, he fucked it up so much. Right? This is great. Now, and I'm saying this, uh, wheel bites, you know, bumper issues, the whole thing. It, this isn't an SUV, Zuckerman, the easiest thing to drive around without crashing into stuff. And it was a $1,000 deductible. So the it repairs went above $1,000. 
this might, if we ever go down this road with him again, new GT2 RSs, we need a some, deposit. Yeah, we, we need, need a damage it. deposit. Yeah. And we had a great conversation. But a, a deductible for any damage that, that is done the moment you turn the car to the next guy. Hey, I'm going to, I'll out Moise a little bit. His father. Yes. I don't think his father's driving right now, but his father about 10 years ago when he shouldn't have been driving anymore would park by bashing into the car in front <laughs> and bashing into the car in back. And a, he got out of the car and a woman said, you hit my car. And he screamed at her and told her she was an effing H.O. <laughs> an effing H.O. You fucking whore. <laughs> His dad, his dad did this. his charming, wonderful European. <laughs> Is kind he really going to want his uh, to hear this story on uh, here? I don't care. And <laughs> and and so, Moise now has reached that kind of a stage there's a point to my story because yes, okay. this is, we always we turn into our father somewhere along I the line i do not smoke in my ford granada okay, but so listen though he, but i said to him he told me that he got the thousand dollar bill yeah and i said to him what happened and he said i don't know it got some nicks it got some nicks i think they're just ripping me off <laughs> <laughs> they should yeah they no, should rip him off uh, it's just some nicks just the, some nicks what's well, the matter the gt2 rs just had a nick a in nick. their front chin spoiler and i said well he's uh, you sound just like your dad now because yeah i said nicks are a big deal on a car you make it sound <laughs> like you got a scratch walking through the woods and you it's just a little nick. bend it's a, what's the problem it's just some cracks i don't understand you're ripping me off you fucking <laughs> they should That's not weird. allow him they should not That's allow weird. Moise to drive they should take away his driver's license <laughs> anyway if you're like Moise you're going to need TLG Auto TLG Auto is an independent Porsche service restoration shop located in North Hollywood, California uh, run and operated by our friend Marco Girassi been there since 1978 he's the second generation guy they're known as air-cooled Porsche specialists but they also service and maintain Porsche cars and up Two and including 992. So that's all the cars. They are uh, a shop that Zuckerman and I send cars over there to fix. Uh, I've seen your 73 RS over there, Zuckerman. Yes. Getting worked on recently. Do you have something over there right now? I do not have anything over there. I have something pending. Ah, pending. Pending. Um, and what we like about TLG is not only the level of service you will get for your Porsche, but the way they arrange transportation of your vehicle to and from your house or storage. Think about that. Not having to drop it off and get in that COVID Uber and go home. They do everything from oil changes, brake jobs, system diagnostics, engine transmissions, and rebuilds. Marco is also out driving around. I see him. Uh, he was at the uh, the Blueies. He was at Blueies getting blown by Matt Farah. And he was also at that, what's that Friday deal now that uh, we what's go Friday? to up in Angeles Crest occasionally? Do Newcomb's an, Ranch or something? Yeah, Newcomb's Ranch. Uh, what I call the death ride. So, uh, Marco Jirasi, uh and uh, TLG Auto, you got to check him out. Uh, he's on Instagram at TLG Auto, also at their website, www.tlgauto.com. All right. Our lead guest, Zuckerman. Usually I lie and say it would be would have been great to have had you there for this interview. Uh, but this time, I'm not lying. It would have been fun because uh, our friends, who I tried... I tried to get them to come to your house in Baldwin Hills outside uh, so we could have an outdoor podcast because I felt it was really important for you to meet the pot 
brothers lawyers. Plus <laughs> lunatics. They seem <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> lunatics. Um, Pot brothers at law. Hold on. I'm just going to get up their uh, Instagram feed. What I love about these guys, aside from their viral videos that are on Facebook and on uh, on YouTube, is they have something called the script. The script is what you read when you get pulled over. And as they're giving this advice on the various social media platforms, Zuckerman, they have giant marijuana joints. Are those real? They are. You know, they, they do. During Did this, you ask? During this interview... They smoked so much pot, I thought I was getting high just by looking at it. They smoked dabs. They smoked giant long joints. They were doing bong hits. One would talk, the other would... You know, one warmed up with, uh, with a joint that was this long. And, you, and you, that's brother, like a foot and a half? What's that? That's like a foot and a half long, Ferris. Dude, uh, I smoked pot with the, uh, you know, the insane in the membrane guys. Who are those guys? Way back in the day. Way back. And we smoked a joint that was as long as my arm. And, and, and these guys, that would be like, you know, an appetizer before breakfast for them. House of Pain, <laughs> if I remember correctly. No, it's not House of Pain. It wasn't House of Pain? No. Insane in the membrane. Look it up, Ferris. Cypress Hill. Our friends. Cypress Hill. Crazy with this, eh? Don't you know I'm local? Yeah. That's right. Here we go. Insane in the membrane. Craig and Mark Wasserman. Aside from all the pot smoking, they have the, their law firm is not just for pot business. And if you get pulled over for marijuana, they handle all sorts of defense law. Uh, they smoke a ton of weed, yet they seem very competent. Um, but listen to their advice and listen to this interview. Just key in on It's very helpful when you're getting pulled over, even just for speeding, to know your rights and to learn the script. Here is Craig and Mark Wasserman, uh, Pot Brothers at Law. And we're in, and I'm here with uh, Mark Wasserman. Where's Craig? Where did he go? You know, he's uh, he's apparently at the pharmacy getting something for his wife who had some type of uh, surgery. So uh, he said he's going to jump on as soon as he can. It's not it's not uh, like these uh, you pot smoking guys to be late. <laughs> not at all. You know? and, it, and it wasn't because of the cannabis. It's well, he's doing his husbandly duties. You know, I don't smoke weed, but uh, yesterday we were supposed to record, and I totally had the wrong time. <laughs> I was ready to to come get all over you guys about smoking weed, and I'm the one who blew the meeting, so I apologize about that. Um, <laughs> No I just want to start problem. by saying first, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of yours. Thank you. And it's because of, I think, a Facebook video that came to me from a very, you know, just what I think I might have just been looking at my mom's Facebook page. And I looked <laughs> over to the right and it said Pot Brothers at Law. Um, and, it you know, it had like a million views on it. And I'm like, what what am I looking at right here? <laughs> And I'm going to play the video for everyone because not, you know, just in case you haven't seen sure. it and then we'll talk about it. But but when I watched this video, there was so much wisdom in it, not just for, you know, people who are smoking weed or selling it and what to say and not to say. But to anybody who's been pulled over at all by a police officer, let me just there he goes. He's lighting up a blunt right now. 
<laughs> Hold on. Let me play this video and then I'm going to ask you about it. Mark Drake, Pop Brothers Live. What do you say when the cop first pulls you over? Pull me over. And when he asks you questions? I'm not discussing my day. And he keeps asking questions. Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say and do? I invoke the fifth and then I shut the fuck up. That's the tip of the day. <laughs> I don't know why that's the fast version of it. I, I've seen a lot of different versions of it. Okay, so walk us all through that advice because it's really amazing advice. I've started to see it in my Netflix dramas. I saw it in the Manhunt guy who's a, who is one of the militia guys getting pulled over. He was using your advice. Yes. Walk, walk us all through what uh, we just heard. All right, so that is uh, now known as the script and the script is the only 25 words that you want to use when the cops pull you over when you engage law enforcement and the reason that one is 15 seconds when we started this about five years ago or so on instagram instagram only had 15 second videos so we created the 15 second tip of the day on instagram to give people information about their rights and those 25 words are based on and founded in your constitutional and civil rights when we're talking about the Fifth Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, and what it is geared to do is to preserve all of your rights, remedies, and defenses afterwards to defend a criminal case and or to bring a civil case against a police department or a cop that has violated your rights. So what? So those. So, but that step us through it. I get pulled over. Okay. Yes. Go through the script for And I'll break it down because everything, all those words have meaning behind it. So when you first get pulled over, what you first have to realize is the cop is looking to get into your car. That's what they're doing. And they've said this. I have quotes from cops saying, we're looking for a reason to pull you over. And then we're looking for a reason to get in your car. So (laughs) immediately when they start walking up to your vehicle after they pull you over, they're looking in every crack and crevice of your vehicle to find something in plain view to start searching. And they might come up and say, hey, how are you doing today? You know, you know, what's going on? And try to be make, make nice with you and try to talk to you. This is a tactic that they use to get you comfortable. So you start talking and it gives them more time to peer around in your car and start looking for things because when they pull you over and the traffic stop is uh, once, once the traffic stop is finally there, which means he's telling you why you were pulled over. If a cop pulls you over and comes up and starts talking to you, he's just pulling you over. He wants to be your friend. He starts. So the first thing you say, no matter what the cop says, is why did you pull me over, officer? Okay, so he comes up, oh, you know, what's going on? I know she's doing this and that. And you just let him speak and you say, why did you pull me over? And okay. then this is where you're going to find out what kind of cop you have, because there's a couple of different types of cops. You know, there's the cop who's going to tell you right away you were speeding, you didn't use your blinker, whatever it is. And then there's a the cop who's, oh, I don't have to tell you anything. You're going to get out of the car. You're going to, you know, whatever. So, and if you get that cop, you get out of the car when they ask you to get out. And you do get out of the car. Oh, yeah. I'll talk about that after. We'll go okay. through the script and I'll talk about that. But what if he it, says, don't get out of the car, but he starts giving, he, he starts asking us all sorts of questions we don't want to answer? 
Then you say, Step well, two. So, you, so, so he's told you why he's pulled you over. Right. Then he's given you the riot act. What's that smell? Where are you coming from? How many drinks have you had? Why do you look that way? Why are you nervous? Why are your <laughs> eyes red? Well, I could go on forever, right? Whatever yep. they say. Okay. No matter what it is they say, your response is politely, I'm not discussing my day, officer. <laughs> That's no matter what they say. No matter what. When no matter he asks a question about who's that in the back seat or where are you coming from or where are you headed right now, you say, number two, step two, I'm not discussing my day, sir. It is You're always say, you always are respectful to law enforcement yes. officers, no matter how they are. But yes. you say, I, I love that. It's one of my favorite lines. I am not going to discuss my day with you. And that's it, because guess what? What you're doing, where you're going, what's that smell, what you drank, none of their business. So he says, now I want to look in your trunk. Right now, okay, so never (laughs) consent to searches. Never. And and then after you said, I'm not discussing my day, and he says, I want to look in your trunk. Why are you being obnoxious? Why can't you just talk to me? Am I being detained or am I free to go, officer? Because now that puts him on his heels. He's got to make a decision. And... A lot of times we're hearing from across the country, from people all over the country and in other parts of the world where this actually happens to work, that a cop who realizes they're dealing with somebody who knows their rights, there isn't evidence of any kind of crime going on or anything like that. Eh, He's going to think a minute. Maybe I'll just (laughs) let this person go because the next 10 people who come, they're going to yap, yap, yap right into jail. They're going to talk themselves into jail. So you say, am I free to, am I being detained if I'm free to go? If they say I'm be, you're being detained, you say, why? I invoke the fifth. Really? That's don't it. Ask, you don't ask why? Nope. Who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter because it might be an illegal arrest or whatever. Who right. Cares? You, you, they're going to do what they're going to do and you got to let them do their job. You, and your job is to say because the Supreme Court in its infinite wisdom said you must speak in order to invoke your right to be silent. Now wrap your head right. around that, right? You've got to explicitly state, I invoke the fifth because anything you say or do will be used against you. So you got to say it. I invoke the fifth. And then after that, no matter what the cop says, does, they can lie, they can cheat, they can steal to do whatever to make you talk. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's you know until until they call you or their lawyer. You shut the fuck up. You don't answer any questions. You don't say anything to anybody. Nope. That's it. Your mouth does not open. It's comply now, complain later, and that goes to the cop who says, "Get out of the car right now." I don't have to tell you shit. And you know they very may well be wrong about that, but what they have on their side is an archaic string of case law. That goes back, uh, you know, decades that says, you know, Mims v. Ohio, there's and it goes on and on that basically when a cop you see all these videos of cops breaking windows and ripping people out of their cars. When you watch the beginning of it, it's always because a cop is get out. I don't have to. I didn't do anything wrong. You're bothering me because of my color. What are you doing? And at the end of the day, the cop can rip you out of the car and then say in his report I was clearing the car for my safety. I thought I saw a weapon and they are allowed to rip you out of the car to clear it for their safety. Oh dear. That's all they have to say. Your brother's jumped in here. There he is. He usually has difficulties. 
If that's okay. I, I think I can hear you. Yeah, go ahead and test the mic. It's fine. Jump check, in check. here. Check, check. And hey, you gotta get closer. Yeah, closer get closer to, to that mic. Those are pretty check. mics. Look at I, me. Look at me. You gotta be like this. <laughs> the video doesn't matter. Check, check. There you go. Check. Yeah. Are you sure that's not a bong, Craig? I wish it was. <laughs> now we've we've already started the interview. We're just running through. Just quickly run me through the steps again. Without it's it's one. Here we'll do it. Me and my brother will go do ahead. It. Do it right now, live. This is very right. exciting. Big brother, what do you say when the cops first pull you over? Why'd you pull me over? And when they start asking questions, I'm not discussing my day. And they keep asking more questions. Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? I invoke the fifth. And then what do you do? I shut the fuck up. <laughs> wow. That is, I am so excited that I just got that performance here on my computer on this Saturday between you. Both of them have giant joints in their hands. <laughs> the outfits are amazing. I'm going to snap a shot here just of all of us so I can uh, share this. with. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead. A lot of smoke there. Perfect. Oh boy, you guys really cracked me up. Um, how did this? It's not often the co-host of my show couldn't be here because we, too many people on Zoom doesn't work for the podcast. But he's a personal injury uh, lawyer and uh, a fan as well. But he's you know he he noticed I think like a lot of people noticed that not a lot of lawyers would put marijuana as part of part of their professional identity on their website so your website pot brothers at law with a big marijuana leaf and you guys are smoking there because you know most people want to hire a lawyer maybe want someone a little more clear-headed well they want somebody who has vodka and they think they're clear-headed don't drugs. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Half of them are on some kind of opiates, drugs, tranquilizers, alcohol. or alcohol. <laughs> so we decided that we didn't care. Yes. If you don't want to come to us because you see us medicating the way we want to medicate, and that happens to be with <laughs> cannabis, then go hire some 40th floor lawyer who doesn't like you, but's going to charge the hell out of you and take your money. How do you How do you guys find this uh, little this niche, which has turned out to be obviously your little gold mine that you're going to mine for the rest of your careers? <laughs> but did you always start off as uh, pot brother lawyers, or was it a different beginning for you? Yeah, it was uh, different. We, my brother has 10 years on me as an attorney and he, he came out first and he's been practicing uh, civil litigation and corporate counseling and uh, handling businesses and all that kind of stuff. And then I came out 10 years later in 1996 when Prop 215 was enacted. That's when I became an attorney. I went right into criminal defense and I was representing cannabis patients who were getting arrested and they had their medical cards. So we had our separate offices. And then about, when was it? Uh, 2000, right around 2000, I think, when my brother's uh, kid, uh, my nephew, wanted to get into the industry, wanted to do it. And we basically wanted to be versed so we could represent him when he would get picked up for felonies. Because back then, before regulations hit, back then it was a felony first and you had to be operating as a not-for-profit cooperative or collective in order to take advantage of defenses to right. the felonies. So that is how we ultimately started working on cannabis because of my brother's kid. And then because of him, he forced us to get on Instagram in 2015. 
we pushed it off for like three years. He was bugging. You guys got to make an Instagram and help people like you help me. You don't understand. We did. We were like, eh, Insta, whatever. And 2015 second videos, really? I was over Facebook by then. <laughs> and what what is it that puts you on the map? Is there one video that just goes bonkers? I mean, I yeah. know I know you make it on a Tosh.0, so that would imply you guys had a viral video somewhere down the line. So I can I can take that. Um, so what happened? We started an Instagram page in two, January twenty second, two thousand fifteen, when we went on a show called Getting High with Adam. Was on Be Real TV. They were looking for attorneys <laughs> to interview who would smoke right. and talk about the laws as they were changing with Prop sixty four. Yep. My brother's kid again. He knows Be Real and all these people, and he said, "Oh my my brother and my uncle, they're, they're attorneys. They'll come and smoke with you." And my brother did not like that at the beginning. <laughs> like, well, hold on a minute. I ain't going out there in public and smoking. I was like, let's go. I, I'm re- I That's was a really- normal instinct, I think. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And, and so we did that, created the Instagram page and started doing these 15 second tips. And from 2015 to 2018, we amassed about 120,000 followers. And then December 25th, 2018, Uh, On Facebook, a Facebook page called Respect My Region picked up a video that we posted about three people who worked in an illegal store. It got raided. Two of them said, I volunteer here. And one (laughs) follows us, shut the fuck up, and he didn't get a case again. I read that story. I read that story. And then from there, a guy named Roger Stone. Okay. reposted it oh, Jesus. with the caption that said, <laughs> these should be my attorneys. And of course, Roger Stone never shuts the fuck up. And that is what took it to just ballistic city. Wow. And that one video over the last few years, 400, 500 million views led to us uh, getting called. Michael Rappaport called us to be on his podcast. I saw that. I saw Tosh that. Point oh called us. <laughs> Ridiculousness called us. Yes. You know, we've got our uh, Cannabis Talk 101 podcast. We partnered with iHeartMedia last year. And uh, things just kind of, we, moves, we, we never expected along. it. Never expected. No, well, it's fascinating. I mean, you know, uh, obviously my co-host is one of my best friends, and it's fun to have a lawyer with you because they, you know, they they take away a lot of fear in society when you're dealing with police or any situation and the ambiguity of anything that might happen to you or anything you might have done to someone else. It kind of it, most of us don't know the law the way you guys know. So that with the weed thing, which yes, it's funny, and there's a you know Spicoli fast times at Ridgemont High hilariousness about it. It's also a complicated social issue that we're all dealing with. Like, you know, I've talked about it before on this show, but I was in Santa Monica one day at a light, and there were two uh, legal weed-selling stores right across the street from each other. One that had a line out the door, and one that had the feds arresting everybody. And I was very confused about what I was looking at (laughs) until Zuckerman explained to me the difference between licensed and unlicensed. And And they like you're saying, they were busting the customers in this one. Um, and, you know, I think for a lot of us, we don't quite understand, you know, we think marijuana is legal in California, Los Angeles, but then at the same time, kind of, kind legal. of, kind it's of legal. Really, it's not really legal because if you have over an ounce on you and you don't have your medical card, you potentially are going to jail for up to a year as a misdemeanor. 
Okay, so that's as the customer, but how is it? How how do the stores operate then? Currently, under the regulations, as opposed to previously, it was under a different model, a cooperative co- collective model before uh, regulations. But now, if you're an illegal store, not licensed, not permitted by a city or licensed by the state, you could be in the presence of an illegal operation and get a ticket that way. You could get hit with potentially being a conspiracy if they don't if they think you work there. And that could potentially be a felony. Wow. So it, it, you're, you, we tip about it often that you're, you know, it's, you're, you're going into an illegal store at your own risk. <laughs> what are you doing, Mark, right now? I'm just loading a dab, taking a dab. <laughs> the dab? What is it? Forgive me. It's been years since I've smoked marijuana. What is a dab? Well, so this that's, is uh, it's, concentrate. That's concentrate. Concentrate. Oh, so that's what well, we used to call hash oil, maybe? Or? Yeah, kind of, but it's way more refined and better. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it, it, it's, it, it's pure thc more or less ah good wow concentrate. so think of this taking the the flower the plant yes. and extracting all the thc out of it and putting it into oil form <laughs> what looks and, like, and, and then you smoke it out out of what looks like a crack pipe yeah, well, it looks like, yeah, oh, yeah, look at that, like a vaporizer of some yeah, kind. Yeah, well, they've refined that, too, so now they have these neat little things like he's holding. <laughs> when, when I first did it, I don't know, six, seven years ago, when my son said, hey, Dad, there's this new thing called, you know, uh, dabbing, and I took a couple hits, couldn't get up. I, I'd, I rode my motorcycle down. He had a shop years ago, and uh, I had to ground myself for about five hours. <laughs> Oh, and it looked like well, they were. Well, that's that was going to be my next question. I just watched Mark smoke a gigantic uh, Cheech and Chong joint, and he's following it up with a dab. I mean, what? But uh, you seem perfectly uh, alert and fine. I'm Come fine. On. I am properly medicated for me. See, if I if I wasn't doing this, I would be bouncing all over the walls. And, yes, uh, we are big Type A personalities, and. You know, our way of medicating uh, is certainly not for everybody, uh, but, you know, it's it's how we get along. Let me ask you a couple more questions because uh, there's some stuff I'm confused about. So not long ago, um, I was at uh, an event for watches and I, I met a gentleman who has a bunch of stores here in Los Angeles who, who said, uh, you know, <clears throat> I won't mention who he is or his stores, obviously, but that he is a cash business only. And what that means is, Every week, he's running $10 million in cash up to uh, a city north of Los Angeles to do business with the only bank that will do business with the marijuana industry. Why is that? Well, there's not only one bank that'll do it. Several will do it. And if he's running that much money, I mean, if he has multiple stores in L.A., I would say that he's not licensed at the city or state level. That's my. That's just my guess. Yeah, I mean, and again, I might no, be saying be. I, I might mean, be saying Los Angeles, and I might not be. I, I wouldn't want fine. anybody to go after this guy. No, no, but, no, no, no. But, but he is a. I know. I know he is a legitimate guy. It's just that okay. what he was telling me was the local banks here in Southern California will not do business with a marijuana industry licensed or not. That's is that, not. That's not a hundred percent true. It's like ninety nine percent true. I literally, on behalf of a few clients, literally yesterday. And actually, this week, I talked to several different financial institutions that do agree to take licensed, regulated cannabis money. Um, okay. it's, a, it's a little steep because people get it a little wrong. The banking industry is not necessarily prohibited from taking cannabis money. What they're pro- 
there, there's a, 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 an agency called Financial Crimes, FinCEN. Right. It's, it's what governs the money markets <clears throat> and how you take in money. Sure. And, they, and I don't know much about it. We're not CPAs, accountants or whatnot, but there's something called Know Your Client. And the oversight needed to make sure the transactions coming in and out are above board and in compliance with state law can get very difficult. So banks choose not to do it because it's too easy to maybe miss something and then they're fucked. So there's places that will do it. I mean, it can be a little pricey. I was just told by a... So they're fearful of money laundering. They're fearful of getting illegal money and washing it into a legitimate system, correct? Correct, yeah. correct. Unless Got they it. have the okay. oversight. And I, there's companies that actually work with banks that allow the bank to take the money in. And this company acts as a kind of like a third-party compliance arm, making sure that all the... Like, you can't take cash out. You can't... There's, there's certain restrictions that limit the transactions for that bank. You can wire money to vendors. You can pay bills. You, you're not going to get worried about getting kicked out. It's very difficult to find. That's I literally just went down that path this week because I had clients before just... They didn't ask me, so I had some that did. And uh, maybe for your friend with that much money you know he might have to find find a certain bank that's going to take it got it got it <clears throat> it's really it's fascinating stuff how much weed do you guys smoke a day <laughs> is there an amount My, myself myself it could range between three four five joints a day i don't smoke nearly what my brother smokes do you even get high anymore <laughs> on occasion. <clears throat> yeah, on, oca- on occasion. <laughs> what happens when you're not smoking pot? How do you feel? I feel fine. <laughs> I feel fine. I mean, because we're not we're not, not smoking pot that often. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I mean, maybe at night I'll take a couple dabs. I still have a dab rig in my in my in my room and uh, I won't do that during the day because that'll get me high to where and that's what I say about people who get high. Right. And and whether you should work. We had an argument on our Cannabis Talk 101 talk show the other day about should you be able to get high and go to work or get high at work? Okay. And and the and my answer is if it it, whatever substance you use, if it impairs you, then I don't care if it's weed or crack. Don't do it. (laughs) And the difference, though, is between even crack. Oh, come on, sir. The the beautiful thing between (laughs) the difference between weed and crack is. Is, is that crack you have to keep doing it no matter yes. what that just it, right it, it's, it doesn't you stop have, chemically you have to keep doing it otherwise you're going withdrawals weed we meet so many people so many people who say man if i smoked like you i wouldn't be able to work that's why i don't smoke until later than in the evening that's right so it's just different for everybody <laughs> and that's the beauty of it yes it is the beauty of it um let me ask you some legal questions because you guys might know just, you know, I have a lot of uh, drivers and, and a lot of us get pulled over a lot. And we, it's it's endlessly fascinating. The our rights in the car. Uh, we've not been able to answer a couple of these questions. Um, what happens when a police officer pulls over two people at once? Is he allowed to pull over two cars at once? Let's say I'm uh, with my co-host Zuckerman messing around. If he does that, can one of us leave? Just pull away? No, no. You could. I mean, you can do whatever you want. I mean, I had a cop once. I, w- I was on a motorcycle and my friend was in the front and it was pretty funny because he lit us up. We were hauling ass and he lit us up. We pulled over to the side. Both of us. We get out and the cop says, why'd you stop? 
<laughs> exactly. To the guy in front of me. Yes. Me, he pulled up directly behind me, so I had to stop. The guy in the front, he could have kept going. Now, if he pulls up beside both of you and motions for both of you to stop, then you both better stop. What if he pulls over one and then the next car is coming and he pulls over that guy? We don't know each other, but it's the well, same if speed I mean, trap. If, it, if it's a, a radar thing and you go right by him and he tags you and then someone else go by him and he tags him, if, if he points to you or whatever that motion is, you pull over. Okay. All right. Unless well, you want to take the unless you want to take the chance of him having obtained your license and you're running fleeing from a traffic. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <clears throat> is it is there any truth that there is a, an amount of time the police officer can spend with you on the side of the road? That once Mark, he gets past ten minutes, that's it. Time's up. Well, well the, 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 the answer is it's like the, we the, talked about. What, I, I, I was just, just going to say it's not so much. You know, they have to let you go because remember. What we tell people, the cops can do it ultimately whatever they want. On the side, they can keep you there for forty minutes. Okay. So arguing. So after we tell you what we're going to tell you, doesn't mean for you to go to the cops. Hey, it's eight minutes. Let me go, motherfucker. You know, it doesn't work that way. But it, it helps you later on if they kept you for the forty, and they kept you past eight without reasonable cause. Then we're going to be able to beat whatever they got. Go ahead, Mark. Well, so we talked, we touched on it a little earlier. It's why we, we say, why did you pull me over? Because yes. that gets the clock start to tick and they have that time frame, seven, eight, nine minutes to give you that ticket unless they find other independent probable cause to further detain you, start searching and doing other things. And they, how do they get that? Yappity, 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 yap. When people start talking. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Uh, is there such a thing anymore as like the illegal weed trade in California? Are, are there yeah. people <laughs> still selling illegal weed? Hell and yeah. Why? And why? why? I mean, I understand. Because the they can. Because I understand. But, but why, you know, with these things are as ubiquitous as Apple stores. They're pretty cool inside all of these legalized weed stores. And then you have the unlicensed. Why would anybody bother to sell it out of the back of their garage. I, I don't get okay, it. Let me, I'll, I'll answer that one. There's two, there's two reasons. I'll take it down. One is <laughs> yeah, there's, guys, there's guys that are going to do it and never do anything else. Okay. That's all they've ever done. Call them gangsters, call them whatever you want to call them. That's just their model. They've been doing it for 25 years. They get storefronts in the back of a building somewhere and uh, it gets busted. They pop one up down the street. They pop one up in another city. They pop one up for three months. They can make in three months what a regulated business can make in a year. Got it. Okay. so that's the guy who's just never going to go legal now. And we just spoke about this. The other people are those who have illegal stores want to go legal. They want to get regulated. They want not to worry about getting busted, but this is their life. They're, you know, they have, they've had a store for years in the same spot. People love them. And uh, the city has it banned. City's got it banned. Got it. Or what's getting even worse for the little guy, because all those stores that we've known for years, those are the little guys. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them. The MedMen's not the little guy. The Medman was the corporate raider who came in and actually, well, if you read the articles about what happened to the corporation, there was a lot of shit accused, alleged regarding looting the company, buying this, buying cars, buying yachts, blah, 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 just like corporate America. So what's happening is the people who want to go from illegal to legal, they're getting kept and pushed out of the barred because of 
corporations coming in and the way government's implementing regulations, it's only for the big guy. Got it. Period. So, so let, they're, they're precluded almost just by default. But how does it, how, you know, it seems like if you're doing a legal behavior, you've got an illegal store and you want to become legal, it, wouldn't that disqualify you right there that you've been operating an illegal business and breaking the well, law? Well, I'll tell you what, unless, and, and you know, not to be a smart ass, but that's kind of what I do. Um, <laughs> unless you're a complete fucking idiot, the, <laughs> the applications for legal for getting permitted at a state and a and and the city level doesn't ask you if you're if you're now doing something illegal, right? I now, see. if you get caught and busted and get a ticket and get charged, that could preclude you from getting a license down the road. If you right. haven't been convicted of anything and you're just doing it, then it is what it is. If I so walk me through that process. I've got a building. I'm in L.A. <laughs> I want to start Spike Stab. Uh, radio store and, <laughs> and and my own shop. How does it work? Do I apply for the license first or do I have to connect with uh, the farmers? I mean, is there plenty no, of weed no, out no, there to sell? I mean, uh, no, I mean, in, unless you're if you're an illegal store, we can't advise you on that because you should not be running an illegal store. Period. I see. No, no, I oh. say a legal store. Okay. I want to do store. this legally. So, so, okay. So I want to do it legally. You're, you're going to get, and your, your listeners are going to be, are getting right now a, what we charge, very, very reasonable charge for a consultation if Got you want to get into the legal business. So, and I'll try to do it somewhat in a nutshell. Usually it takes a good 40 minutes because we're very thorough. But when you come to our office, you first of all have to, well, I'm going to ask you, first of all, do you have, do you have a quarter million dollars? Okay. Okay, that's the first question. And our clients are more, we started on the ground in the dirt with the everyday people, not the corporations. So yeah. you before regulations, you could come to us and for 25, 30 grand for a year, we can get you set up, ready to go, business ready under the old rules. Now you come in 250. Let's say you got 250. Now you got to go find a piece of property in a city that allows it in a zone where it's allowed Got and it. a landlord that's going to allow you to do it. Does okay? Los Angeles allow the, obviously it does, right? Well, Los Angeles does, but there, there's what we call, uh, there's, there, there's stores that were grandfathered in. Yep. Which is, I think a couple hundred. And then there's just been a whole round of social equity applicants fine for licensing, which I can't even get into that. It's I, I worked with a lot of social equity applicants, those who, who were hurt by the war on drugs, those communities of color, zip codes, and uh, it's a shit show. It's so a shit show. let's assume I have the spot. I'm in this, a part of the city that allows it. I'm nowhere near a first grade elementary school <laughs> and I'm ready to go, but I don't know anybody that grows weed. Okay. Where do I find well, my weed? Are you talking about being a storefront? Chances are about 2% wow. because most cities in this, there's 480 something cities in the state of California, less than a third allow cannabis activity. And of those, 
only 20% of those allow for retail. So now, so, and, and all those that have allow retail, their windows to file have come and gone long ago. Now, I bring you to the next level. Other cities are starting to allow retail businesses. Three cities recently came out, Fullerton, Costa Mesa, and uh, one other city I can't think of right now. And their applications, so I'm going, okay, cool. Contact my clients, the not corporate clients, the ones that want to get out of the old into the new, really bad. They really do want to do that. And I get the application, and it's a weighted application, meaning each section has 20 points. And there's one or two companies that pitch this shit to the cities so they get the contract to grade these fucking things. Uh-huh. And then they limit it in that city to maybe three to five <coughs> stores. So, Got it. So it's so hard. You're, so you're going to have you're, you're going to have, uh, you know, 20 people apply at least. And so, so, so so now where does the weed come from? Well, <laughs> who, so who's gro- I want to know. Never, who's wait, growing wait, wait, it. But wait, but wait, I hate to bust your bubble. Uh, it was really quick. The end of this thing can okay. go real quick on it. You're never going to have to worry about it because you're not going to get a store unless you're a big, <laughs> big money, big corporation. I know. I don't really want to start a store, but I'm curious who's no, but growing it. But, but well, the cultivators, <laughs> licensed cultivators. It's, and that is where that's Northern anywhere, California, Jamaica, anywhere. Mexico. No, no, no. It's all got to be grown here. It's just okay. the same method. I told you to find a storefront. You have to find a spot in a city, probably an industrial area where it's zoned. The mm-hmm. city allows it. You apply. Now, there's no weighted applications for non-retail. So almost anybody who can find a warehouse in a zone where it's allowed, you're going to be able to apply at the city and state and be able to be a legal grower. Wow. It's these storefronts that are limited and have the weighted applications because what I have to tell my client now is on the application, 20 points, which is huge says which is new this is kind of new now it says what other retail licenses are you currently operating and if you don't have one you're going to get zero points in that section uh. so it's it, it, they're, they're skewing it to medmen uh, uh cookies. Um, burners cookies right uh, to the multi-city operators and it's squeezing the little guy out I and that's see. why the illegal stores are never going to end I see. Now, well, that makes a lot of sense. That's very illuminating about this uh, big, confusing, what I'm guessing is a billion-dollar business here oh, yeah. uh, in California. And yeah, what but- happens now on the federal level if they say it's cool, uh, it's like alcohol, it's all legal now, guys, have at it. Oh, man. It's going to be eight. It's gonna be an explosion. And, and I hate to say, you know, because we're old school, we come from the people, for the people type of thing. And it's just it's going to get away from the people who really the backs of this industry was built and it's going to go to these big corporations, which I, I which scare me to death. But I and, see. And the people who were putting people in jail are now going to be owning. Right. People, they will is, benefit. <laughs> and we think they should be left out. Yeah, I hear that. Right now, before we go, who, who when when we're in trouble or who are your clients? Who are you pitching right now to come to Pop Brothers at Law? Because I think now you've you've proven that this is a law firm that uh, must be recognized, and it seems like a first call for a uh, a certain type of client out there. Who is that client? Any type of criminal. Any. Any criminal. Anything. So it's not just marijuana law. It's not just DUI, speeding. It's just anything. Anything. I'll run it down. Murder? 
Yeah, we 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 handle all criminal defense. <laughs> okay. We handle all things related to cannabis businesses, and we also, because of our social media reach, if you have some type of legal problem, no matter where you are, we just might be able to refer you to somebody really good in your area. That includes the entire United States and some countries. We've got attorneys in the UK and in Iran. We have attorneys all over the place that have connected with us uh, through our madness and, and craziness on social media and the great information that the shut the fuck up resonated in a way that <laughs> just never uh, could have expected or thought. It's great. And, here, well, and like I said, it. other countries, you I know, mean, we've been told in Canada, UK, they don't have invoked the fifth, but everything else and shut the fuck up works just the same. What happens when you're in the courtroom for like eight hours? Do they let you smoke weed in there? Uh, I just go in the corner. No, I, I, I've all but retired from going to court myself. I'm I know. Doing I know. Mainly transactional law. I went to court for almost 30 years. And unless we really have to go put on a, a, a united front, I'll come in. I used to litigate. I used to do personal injury. I did personal injury plaintiff. I did personal injury defense. I litigated anything. And I just rather not be in court anymore. It's just such bullshit. And I'm going to Do you know? It. Do you know my co-host, Paul Zuckerman, here in uh, Los Angeles? The name is familiar, but I have. It's CZR Law. No, I've been out of personal injury for a while, for a while now. Now, when I get something, I've got a really good friend of mine that I just refer good stuff to and just get a nice fat referral fee. So it's not Sweet James, is it? Or no. any of these no. other no. bust up guys? None of none of those. On, none of those. They don't actually, I don't think they advertise. And, and that was like us. And even up to this day, other than falling ass backwards on Instagram, mm-hmm. we've never advertised. It's, well, all look, word, it's all been word of mouth. I knew you guys made it when I was watching Netflix's uh, Manhunt deadly games and and the militia guy was coming over the bridge being questioned by the fbi and he said am i being detained or am i free to go and he just kept saying i went oh my god the pot brothers at large have made it they've broken they, in they, to they publish are. consciousness yeah we, we have that copyrighted and trademarked yeah well that was clearly a love letter sent directly to you guys um i i want to thank you for coming on to the show i think you're great and when all of this is over i gotta get you in the room with zuckerman i, I want us all to be together so get vaccinated let me know when that happens thank you for taking the time out today um and check these guys out they're at uh potbrothersatlaw.com and on instagram same thing pot underscore brothers underscore at underscore law Pop Brothers at Law, all underscored because of my brother, but that's another story. There you go. They are, they're the men to talk to uh, about weed and all other things uh, if you get into trouble. Thank you, gentlemen. Very nice to spend some time with you. It was a pleasure meeting you, man. And there they are. How fun are those guys, Zuckerman? The Kleinfelds. <laughs> Did you talk about that? Uh, no. Hmm. What is the Kleinfeld? Don't you remember the question was, would they be Spicoli kind of lawyers or would they be Kleinfeld? Oh, kind yeah, of we lawyers? did. Yeah, we did get into that that area, but they kind of jumped on it themselves. They 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 kind of know they were ready for that. You know what I mean? That's a question that gets asked a lot. Do right. you really want your lawyers to be doing bong hits <laughs> in the parking lot of the courthouse? <laughs> no, these guys, these guys are on camera. I know. <laughs> I know. Smoking weed That's- nonstop. They go to the clubs at night and hang out with the people who are getting arrested on their drive home. It's pretty good. You know, I just, I think they're a lot of fun. I it think sounds fantastic. 
I, think I, the, I just want, if I had a lawyer like, you know, Sean Penn was Spicoli, but yes. he was also David Kleinfeld yes. in Carlitos Way. Yes. I want him as Kleinfeld. I think they dress like Kleinfeld, but uh, but they smoke like Spicoli. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've embodied both of those guys, and they're heck of a lot of fun. Anyways, uh, we'll have them on. And uh, that way you can meet with them because uh, I, I, I think you guys could put together a pretty big, crazy law firm. Right? I think that'd be fantastic. It'd be pretty good. Anyway. They're that's, aggressive, and that's the best thing. That's all the show we have for you guys. Uh, maybe we'll see you out in Malibu Sunday. Maybe we'll see you at Blowies. Who knows? Blowing. Um, Blowing. If you want to catch up with me, uh, follow me on Instagram uh, while it's still around, and I and I will respond to you if I can. I'm not going to uh, make a video for your husband or son's birthday. I'm getting a lot of those lately, but I will uh, write you something nice. Uh, Zuckerman, however, will uh, dance without a shirt on for anybody you want for that five shirt, bucks. The shirt will be on. The pants will be off. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Spike Scar Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.